Seltzer Kings podcasts. Hi, everybody. I am Joe Welke. I am Vance. And we are the hosts of Boys Watching Buffy, a podcast where we go through every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the first time and give our review and reactions. So come join two men who call themselves boys experiencing Sunnydale and the Buffyverse for the very first time. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you can find podcasts. What's your Japanese television experience? <laughs> they just had like a video camera from like the 80s and I'm like, and like a boom mic. I thought of you. Uh, I thought of you. It's my you. dream job, you know. To be a boom guy? To be a boom mic operator. That's yeah, great. John has great arms for a boom mic. Actually, you do. I, it was my Halloween costume one year. It was, it was <laughs> my best costume yet. That's great. Because everyone was like, what? hey man, what are you filming? <laughs> when say, shh, shh, shh. That's great. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even the Cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys. We are three guys watching our way through Sex and the City, mostly for the first time. Wow. And having a great time doing it. Really, really professional. Time. Was that yeah. professional? That was, yeah. a, that was I been, thought we'd have to do a couple takes on that. No, that was that was take one. You crushed it. That was one take Kevin right there. Thank <laughs> you. And I'm done. I'm taking off my headphones now. I'm leaving. Get out of here. And we got one take John Sieber over there. How we doing? John Sieber? And that I one take. One nickname. <laughs> and I'm Kevin James Doyle. And take I'll say two. one. I'll say one thing yeah. that I didn't do on my first take. I didn't say my name. Oh, my name is Corey Cavan. Mm-hmm. That's take two. And awesome. We've, this is our episode six. We get to watch our sixth episode. Secret Sex. Secret Shh. Sex is the name of it. Don't talk. Don't talk about it. Keep it in the closet. Does anyone know what that's from? I don't. It's from a Michael Jackson song when he goes, "Keep it in the closet." <laughs> it's it's in a Michael. It's a line in a Michael Jackson song. <laughs> Keep it in the closet. Great uh, song. My uh, I think it's on I, dangerous. I don't know. This is going to be a while after Christmas happened, but when I was home, my sister told me she had all of the Sex in the City DVDs, and she's going to donate them to the cause. Wow. So we don't need to steal HBO Go anymore. Passwords, we don't need to do any. We, we're self-sufficient. All we need is a DVD player. <laughs> so we found, we found two episodes or two seasons on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And four seasons on the street. Yeah. Three seasons Three on the seasons street. Three seasons on the street. And now we're getting the rest donated. Yeah, that's so fantastic. We need someone to donate a TV and a DVD player so we, we can get be that. fully, fully operational, all off donations. That'd be yeah. If we can get that, if we get all those things, we can continue watching this. Right no, now, we've just be been clear. watching it through the windows of other people's apartments. <laughs> we're like, can you oh, play this for us? Excuse me, uh, sir. You need to leave. Okay, can my two friends stay hey, and okay. FaceTime me in? <laughs> get out. Okay, this is a home invasion. This is also a very special episode. This for is us. a special episode. We have our first ever. Guest. That's true. Very, very excited We've about this guest. We've been five episodes in. Mm-hmm. We we finally figured out our rough format. We did a one take of saying who we were and then went back and said our names on a second take. <laughs> and now we're ready to have a guest and we're really excited about our guest because our guest is not only a friend of all three of ours, but also a Kevin, colleague. A colleague, also a colleague. She is a writer. She is a social media guru and she is also a blogger without a blog. Her name is Shanae Alexander. 
Shanae Alexander, the Shanae. black sheep blogger. I really like that. That's what I am. Woo! Hey guys, I've been sitting here. <laughs> I have been sitting here this whole time trying to be very quiet, so it could be like <laughs> I, you introduce me from some door, but I've just been here. You have been here, but welcome. Welcome to thanks the podcast. So thanks for being our first guest. This oh my exciting. gosh, I feel so honored, and I feel an, an, a level of pressure I've never felt before being the first guest, mm. but I suppose, if anything, you saw, uh, watching you, Sex in the City is something I'm very good at. You saw Corey nail that that tagline. <laughs> you, no, I was, here, I was here for the tagline, and I can vouch for the... One take. Yeah, you can vouch for the one take and vouch that that's that's pretty much the only thing we really nailed throughout the rest of those <laughs> three to four minutes. I um, thought it was great. Oh, thanks. I appreciate I, it. But now we're back. I think it's you. easy for you to be a guest on here because you we know nothing and you you're an expert on Sex and the City. You've seen I am. seen them all. I have seen every episode of Sex and the City as well as all of the movies. Okay. Wow. See, we when we emailed you, we didn't know you. We didn't know your relationship to the show. Even you could have been like us. Could we have thought been, you could seemed have been like you were probably a fan. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you watch them when they were live? Um, we could not really afford HBO. Mm -hmm. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, <laughs> so I was watching them on DVD or at people's houses. And I remember watching them at someone's house that had HBO. And this was in high school or early college and being like, it was like a transformative experience. And I was like, I had a fix and I had to get my next fix. That's what I've heard people say, because a lot of people started watching it on like USA, I think, or something. And they were yeah. edited down and then you actually see They weren't the show. as wild. Yeah. And then you see the show as it is. And it's a totally different thing. It's it's honestly transformative. And also, um, I think it was like one of the first shows that you like really, truly learned how to binge watch when mm. you got a hold of it. Like Binge watching wasn't such a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think with Sex and City, like, it was a show that people actually had all of them on DVD. Yeah. And so it was pretty much background noise for the better part of my college years. That's great. Wait, so you grew up in Texas. Yes. And you then moved to New York, but you started watching the show not in New York. Yeah. And you were saying this to us before a little bit, but it kind of like informed some of your New York experience. Totally. Or did it like give you expectations of what New York I mean, was going to be? You know, what's funny is... um when I was eight years old, that's when I first moved. I was like, I'm moving to New York City. I think I saw Home Alone 2, and it was pretty uh, much a done deal. Turns out that Home Alone 2 is not accurate, except for the pigeon lady. Yeah. Like, that part, super <laughs> accurate. The rest of it, like, not so much. Um, and also Donald Trump in that movie. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Mentioned Ugh. in the first episode of we, Sex and the City. Yeah, they mentioned Donald Trump mm -hmm. in the first episode. We can't Vegas. get rid of this guy. But anyway, this isn't that kind of podcast. This is a happy podcast about Sex and the City. So, um, yeah, I remember watching it in Texas and being like, wow, this is like a really different type of woman than I've ever seen on television. Mm -hmm. And it was not only one type of woman. It was like four types of women. And you were like, wait, all of these people exist in their 30s. And they're they're not like my parents were in their 30s. Mm -hmm. And in Texas, I don't I didn't know any 30 year olds that looked or behaved or dressed like them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is kind of actually kind of a disruptive show because it really showed me that women can be kind of all of these different things. And I just never kind of encountered that in like very conservative Texas. So it was really fun for me to like get to know the characters. And I think it actually probably was a huge kind of push factor of me moving to New York. I mm. mean, as you watch the show, you'll realize that there are some slight discrepancies of what New York life is actually like. And I'm sure you've talked about this or will talk about it. But, you know, I think it, again, like Home Alone 2, 
perhaps wasn't exactly what New York's like. Yeah. Although, it, I, like in Sex and the City, there is their fifth friend that is the pigeon lady. Yeah. And it's yes. the same as Home Alone. I She's wish the pigeon lady would have done a cameo in Sex and the City. I, listen, we haven't seen the whole show. Maybe she we does. We don't know yet. She Guys. might. You've Guys, seen it though. Like, so will maybe you let that her into like the no. club? No, she has to leave the. She has to leave the club. She has too many pigeons on her. What, what was what was the um, where you grew up? By the time people were in their thirties, were most of the women like married families or what? Oh, was, yeah, yeah. I mean, like married families. Like the idea of like a Manolo Blahnik was mm-hmm. like they don't have that. Like at TJ Maxx, like we're Maxinistas. You yeah. know, it's like it was not a thing, and and also the fact that. The women like just spent money so flagrantly and just like stayed out late and had wild sex and had all these crazy dating stories like back then, like like Tinder didn't exist. It wasn't like you were having all these like people were talking about dating or having these wild experiences. And so I was like, this is what people do in New York. You know, and and it was also like really interesting because I love that so much so much of the show was about dating, but it still didn't feel like hindering it felt like still like empowering and they owned their sex life they mm-hmm. owned their lives and i i was like wow this is not something i see on television that much and not that the women around me didn't own their lives or weren't empowered or or mobilized they just in texas a lot of people when they're 35 they have a family and three kids yeah so it was it was really cool to see that and i actually think i still like gain some sort of like inspiration from these characters. And yeah. I don't know that a show like this has existed since then. Is there a, is there a character that you relate to? You know what? I've been told I'm the Samantha, but without Ooh. the like, without the like strange, I mean, maybe I, I mean, I'm not going to talk about my like sex life on the show. <laughs> well, maybe I will. We don't know. We don't know what the next few minutes will hold, but, yeah. but I think like a, a toned down version of Samantha. And I, because Carrie, you know, I want to like Carrie the best, but Carrie is annoying after a while. I hate to break it to you guys. Why, why do you say that? Because I've heard that from other people and I haven't experienced it yet. So she's your whiny friend. She's like your friend with like the hot furniture designer boyfriend, but like she's not thankful. Uh, And you're like, (laughs) you're like, wait, what? But I like some, I I just, (laughs) I, I think though that's great. And this is why I think. We're very excited to have you on as a guest, but also like people that have seen the show and like a a woman who lives in New York, who is not just three dudes watching the show. When you're like, she's your friend who has a hot furniture designer, but it's like not thankful for it. I was just like, I would have never thought of a thing like that. <laughs> and everyone listening is just like, yes, yes, yes that's you all have that friend with like, you all have that friend with like the, the like really great boyfriend. And she's like, he's okay. And I'm like, like he built you a table. Be thankful. <laughs> I'm always I the only way I could really relate to that is I'm like, oh yeah, that's that one girl's boyfriend and he builds furniture and I don't know. He I makes me feel bad about myself. I can't. I don't know how to use a lathe. We're on the other know. side. It's our friend. We're like, dude, she she dumped you, you build her a table. What, what you, screw her, man. Also, when are you gonna put up my shelves, man? Come on. I don't know how to do that. I don't have a hammer drill. Hey dude, uh, can you help me move? Can I uh, can I borrow your leveler? <laughs> your planer? But yeah, I mean Carrie Carrie's such an interesting character because she's really fabulous. She's a writer, which I love. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of, you know, she's the guide through the show. She's basically, you know, she's your your travel guide through kind of the the all the like issues and problems that these women are going through and and you like her but you hate her you're still friends with her you know she's that friend that you're like oh, okay she's she's cool but 
Samantha, I really love because she's just so out there. And I think for me, it made me watching Samantha really made me not be afraid to be the woman who's a little bit bold. Mm -hmm. And I think she's a brave character in Mm -hmm. the sense that she's really unapologetic about who she is. And she still has these loving, supportive friends who accept her the way she is, which I thought was like such a cool, you know, it's not a, it's not a bitchy catty vibe on sex in the city. Like they really do support each other and love each other. And I think, you know, for them to be so accepting of a character like Samantha, um, that's just unapologetically herself, I think was really cool. Plus she had good earrings. Like guys, the <laughs> earrings, you need to do just like an Instagram account of Samantha earrings as you watch this because so they are funny. really good. I can't wait. To I never once Instagram noticed account. an earring I didn't on the show. So I'm so glad you're here. Guess, I can't wait I, how I many, details. guess how many earrings you're going to notice now. All a of lot. the earrings. So many earrings. Quite mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. It we, is. We we get wrapped up in the in the names more so than the uh, the earrings. Yeah, like Capote what Duncan. There's a guy named Capote Duncan in the first episode. Ah, uh, that's uh. not a real. I mean, if if there was someone named Capote Duncan, he would be the boyfriend that's a furniture designer. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not in the show. He's a, he's a finance guy. But yeah, there's a lot of like weird names. There's a lot of. I think we get wrapped up more in. Some of the weird boyfriend characters, mm. like the Timothy Oliphant guy. Oh, yeah. like but there, was... there are, like, I know you guys are, like, probably, like, not experiencing it out in the world. But as someone who's dated a lot in New York, those weird boyfriend characters exist. And, like, I, I used to think that these care. I'm like, oh, my God, these are such a stretch. And now I'm like, these are pretty realistic. So oh, funny. yeah. No, I think, I think y- you're able, probably more, same with Ohio. I'm from Ohio. You're from Texas. Same way that there's a little bit range of, of different types of people you can date in different parts. You can kind of go a bigger range in any large city. Right. And here, even in the few past five years of dating that I've done, it's like you can meet totally different types of people, even more so now with online dating. Totally. You're one swipe away from like breaking up with a guy because you find out he has three cats. This happened. (laughs) Well, you would happen you, to you. Yes. And you're not okay because, with Because my face, my face exploded with hives mid-date. Like, you're, this wait, is a you, Sex in the City thing that happens. You're allergic to cats? Very. Me too. And worst. he didn't tell you before? Um, no, but he tried to hide it. He tried to hide it for uh, two yeah. weeks and was getting his clothing dry cleaned. What? Um, and taking a shower at the gym before he would meet me because I told him I was allergic to cats. And then finally, one day he wore a sweater that I think he didn't pick up from the dry cleaner. And my face blew up like, <sighs> what's that movie with Will Smith where he eats that thing and it, his face? Hitch. 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 Oh, a great, great film. movie. Film. Let's call it a film. <laughs> great film. Yeah, it's yeah. a great film. Um, but yeah, I was Art basically, film. I was basically Hitch. Um. And I was like, what's going on? And he was like, I have cats. And I'm like, we got to end this. It Bye. sounds like that guy really liked you, though. He really did. He I was really like, like, I was like, make it work. He cried. Oh, my God. And you know what? I ran into him outside the subway the other day and I just kept walking. Was he carrying a bunch of cats? <laughs> Yo, man, your girlfriend, you know, you smoke. Nah, she's cool with it. You tell her about those cats. Fuck no. no man, come on. I love no, this man. girl. I'm not telling her about like the cats. Come I gotta on. Go to the, dry clean I, can't, I can't lose her. Honestly, every woman in New York that's that actively dates has has her sex in this her version of sex in the city that just lives in her memory banks. Um so another, you know, podcast idea, just women talking about their own sex and city experiences. We're gonna spin that off. We're gonna sex in the city. Can I host a spin-off podcast? Yeah, Yeah, it can be the Bradshaw stories (laughs) with boys. Well I think Bradshaw stories about boys. boys. We're gonna uh, get get watching this episode in the next next couple minutes here. Yeah. It is called Secret 
sex. Have you seen this episode? I have, but I don't remember what happened. So it's kind of like I'm watching it for the first time. Any ideas as to what it's going to be like? Well, secret sex. They're either having sex in secret places. There may be some infidelity happening, maybe. Mm. Which has there been infidelity yet? Mm. Um, There's been the guy who's showing off his wiener. Oh, yeah, there was the Hamptons guy in episode two. I can't remember. At this part of the show, are they all single? They're all single. No, no, no. Miranda's with Skipper. Oh, no, Miranda's with Skipper. And Carrie and Big have an on again, off again. Right, always. uh, But they've never even kissed yet. Carrie and Big? Yeah. So they're 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 not. On they don't have an on. They've just they just say absolutely to each other. They're doing a lot of hardcore flirting and saying absolutely to each other. Yeah, that's true. So they're not. Which is basically like sleeping with she, each other. She's, <laughs> that's, she's just uh, from twenty feet away saying, "Oh, I can see your crossword because I have perfect vision." Um, things like that. It's also worth noting that Shanae brought us something. You want to share? This is very what, kind. What'd you bring us? So, as your first guest on the podcast, mm. and as a very, 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 very big fan of Sex and the City. I know that one thing is necessary to watch this show. And that is? And it is wearing a face mask. Oh, man. And I really feel sad that you guys have watched five episodes without face masks. You might need to rewatch them with face masks on just to, like, verify your experience. But I would say probably 90% of my Sex and the City time has been doing some sort of skin treatment. So I brought you each a a face mask, and I think you should wear them as we watch it. We absolutely will. We'll take pictures. We're totally into that. I feel really happy about this. There's three different brands. Are there... Are there, is there a better or worse one? Do we choose? Run us through what you have. You know what? It's kind of like the the characters in Sex and the City. They all do different things. They all serve different needs. And so I'm going to analyze your skin before we watch it. I'll take the Samantha, please. (laughs) That's a different kind of mask. (laughs) (laughs) I think on that note, let's go watch the episode. We'll be back. Episode six, Secret Sex. Carrie and Mr. Big have their first official date, but she suspects he is keeping her secret from his social circle. Miranda dates a man from her gym class, but is perturbed to discover a spanking video in his apartment. Later, the gals gather to celebrate the launch of Carrie's new promotional photo, but are shocked to find it has been defaced. And now, back to the boys. Hey, all you true crime fans, this is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morph. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. And we're back. Everyone, we're back. Secret sex. Wow. First of all, before we get into the episode, yeah. how do you guys' faces feel? Fantastic. Stellar. My, my forehead feels very moisturized. Tell people why your forehead feels moisturized and not the rest of your face. Well, I, not only do I have a big beard, but we want Jeremy, our producer, we wanted him to have some face masks mm-hmm. too. So we cut my face mask in half. I used the forehead per- portion and Jeremy used the, the remaining portion. So. Jer- Jeremy said you looked like the ultimate warrior because you just had like a head thing on. How That's do your, all how I've do ever your cheeks wanted feel? To. My cheeks? Yeah. They feel really dry and, and weathered and mm. awful. My you forehead? and Jeremy are one whole person. That's right. That's true. 
It's beautiful. Mine is great. I took, I don't know if you're supposed to, but I took the rest of the goo from the face mask and I rubbed it in oh, my yeah. beard to get down to the skin. Wow. Mm. So Everyone's so looking great. very glowy. Yeah. I will say. Yeah, my face felt hot before and now it feels cool. I have a tea I, tree I one, I think. I basically just wanted to be the best guest ever. I didn't know I was going to be the first and only so far, but <laughs> I want to continue to be the best. So You're starting high. You yeah, for sure. And we're looking high. for a mask sponsor. We are. Listen, mask <laughs> mask sponsors, if you're out there listening, and I know you are, get on, do what Shanae did. Be the first the first something. She was the first guest to set the bar high. Be the first sponsor and set the bar high. Send a, a creative masks over. One time I, on Instagram, posted a joke photo, me holding a Chipotle bag. And I said, does Chipotle give out sponsorships? And six months later, Chipotle came knocking. Damn. And they said, we'd like to give you a year of Chipotle, which you figure what? out later that you don't need to eat Chipotle every day for a year because... You want to be a person with a body that functions, but um, that did happen. So wow. sky is the limit. That's amazing. That's great. Can you talk about whether was there something attached to that? Like you just have to post about us, it. like once yeah. A week they, or well, we no, we did like we did like one Instagram post, but then they just gave me. I just wanted to do an Instagram post for them, but they just gave me a stack of free Chipotle cards. That's great. To use at my will. That's great. One time I got sort of sponsored i got a i got 15 free iced coffees or something from a place called gorilla coffee and it was given to me by john sieber uh, hey john sponsored wow. me he gave me all his free coffees that was the sponsorship that i got it was from my friend john. yeah th those coffee programs are they don't work well with me because i always try to save them up and have like a hundred in a row mm -hmm. because i want to mm -hmm. have free coffee month or free coffee three months but then i moved away from gorilla so i had no use for the you really you I really crew. know how to squeeze the joy out of an opportunity <laughs> yeah absolutely mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. All right, All right so John, tell us what Let's happened. get the secret sex. Uh, took some notes here. A lot of things happened in this episode. Um, the, the question I think that, that Carrie was asking, and correct me if I'm wrong, is um, are, are there uh, people in your life that you compartmentalize and just uh, use portions of? And in this case, it was sex. Are there people that you're, uh, that the women are having sex with that they're embarrassed about or they're ashamed of, but... Uh, that part of their relationship was great, so they uh, kept doing it. And is that is that something to be ashamed of? Is that something to that's fine? Mm -hmm. And and that was the the question. Uh, Carrie, uh, you know, was having girl talk. She was going on her first date with Mister Big. She wore the dress from her photo shoot. A uh, little bit of a risque dress. The naked dress. The, the naked, naked dress. dress. Iconic naked dress. Boobs on toast, I believe. Was yes. It, was that what? Tits, I, tits on toast. Tits on toast. Tits on what, toast. Uh, wow. Miranda said. She goes out with Mr. Big. Uh, they go on their first date. I don't even think they made it to their date. They made it to the car and uh, ended with them on the floor and him with some arm pain. And uh, <laughs> they uh, they go to the, the uh, get some Chinese food afterwards and they run into her friend Mike Singer. Mike Singer, I believe. Yeah. And uh, he's on a date with another woman. And uh, Carrie goes and says hi to him. And uh, he doesn't introduce his uh, his date, Libby. And that's kind of starts Carrie thinking uh, about that, about, uh, you know, the com compartmentalization of uh, people not introducing someone. Maybe they're embarrassed. Uh, you have you have Carrie and Miranda in Central Park. Uh, what are we what are they what were they talking about here? Oh, they they think they're talking about the guy that Miranda's dating. Mm, the kickboxer. Kickboxer guy. Mm -hmm. And sex on the first date with sex Mr. Big. Sex on the first sex date with Mr. Big. Was that a mistake? Was it not a mistake? 
That's right. Then we go to Bed Bath and Beyond where Carrie and Mike are talking and you have a, an illustration of Mike uh, meeting this Libby girl and why he didn't introduce her. Uh, and then Samantha and Carrie are hanging up the uh, the photo shoot photo, which leads to a very iconic mo- moment in Sex and the City. Uh, she is going to be on the side of the M2 bus. Anyone yes. take the M2 bus? Fifth Avenue, right? Fifth Avenue. I try not to take buses. Yeah. But I take buses in Brooklyn, sometimes in Manhattan, very rarely. I only take them when I can drive them, <laughs> which is twice a week. Twice a week. But but Carrie and uh, Samantha talk about uh, secret sex, and they talk about Charlotte, who had a uh, relationship with not a rabbi, but a Hasidic, Hasidic. named Shmuel. 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 And who, uh, who we found out is in the show True Detective, the actor. Yeah. yeah. Who probably lives um, on my street. To be honest, (laughs) (laughs) they all go out to the bus stop. Uh, Mr. Big's not there. So Carrie, uh, um, well, prior to that, Carrie and Mr. Big are on a Saturday date. They run into a friend of his and uh, he doesn't introduce her just like Mike didn't introduce Libby. So uh, they uh, also are planning on going to the reveal of Carrie's picture. Mr. Big doesn't show up to that either. So after many uh, bottles or glasses of champagne, she confronts Mr. Big. And says, "Is this real? Uh, am I? Are we really doing this?" And he has an explanation for everything, uh, every reason why he didn't introduce her, for taking her to the same Chinese restaurant a couple times in a row, and uh, they decide that it could be a real, uh, real relationship. Yeah. How was that summary? That, that was, was great. Was great. Good? Great. I that feel was, like that, I didn't need to watch the episode. That was well, everything that happened in the episode. That was so if very you guys thorough. haven't seen the episode, don't bother. Don't bother. Just the, keep listening. The last one we did, I was like, "That's so impressive." The last time we did it, they're like, Evan, do the summary. And we had just watched it. I was like, oh, I, I, I don't remember <laughs> what happened. We were like, well, there Miranda. was uh, Miranda. Is her name? What's what's the red haired's name? Uh, yeah. What was it? So, John, you're, you nailed that. John's our recap. Thanks, recapper. guys. I will Thanks. say one of the things that stood out to me is how relatable it is that once you, you're like totally normal, and then the second you realize you like someone, then all of a sudden you go into like paranoia. Mm. Yeah, you're like a crazy person. Oh my gosh! Like, and then you try to be chill and try to be like, it's fine, it's fine, and then you just read into everything. So I thought I thought that part was pretty relatable um, in my dating experience. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I need to know, Shanae. Should should she have worn that dress? Yeah, first date. There's been some back and forth. Mm -hmm. Is that you know? I think I think she wanted to feel her best. And I think, you know, in the show, it kind of plays off that he's older. He has more money, perhaps, you know, he has some sort of status, you know, and Carrie's always trying to kind of throughout the show play up kind of a status through clothing and through things like that. I mean, it's completely unrealistic that she lives in the West Village and she is a writer for The Observer with a column. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has like $1,200 shoes. But I do think the 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 awesome part of the show and how it kind of intersects with feminism is it kind of tells you you can do whatever you want to. Mm. And so I think Carrie was like, it's kind of her moment of like, I earned this free from my job, but it's going to look like I'm on the same playing field as you. Mm. And so I think her way of leveling the playing field is being fabulous and um, kind of being like out there with her sexuality. And maybe she just wanted to have sex in the first date, but she wasn't willing to admit that. What do you think about going along with what you said? Because I noticed this. What do you think about when she showed up and he just goes, interesting dress. Interesting dress. And he says it twice. And you can tell she's just like, wait, what? Because it's the worst thing. I think that's 
one of the worst things you can say to a woman is you're like, that haircut's interesting. That just oh, conveys yeah. so much confusion. And then you have to backpedal because you just said something stupid. And uh, it just, it's, it's a weird, it was a weird, it was a weird moment between them. The show really play. what I really love about it, this show really plays into like all of our insecurities. And it's amazing because most women that would be watching this show and, and men, but like we would kind of filter back to a time when we thought we looked a certain way or we felt a certain way. And then something kind of comes and and like throws you completely off and you're like, what? Wait, no. And then, you know, but it kind of always gives Big the upper hand. And then now he controls the situation. So I think probably as humans, we do that to each other. I think like not texting back. They didn't have like cell phones back then. So like maybe like not texting back is the equivalent of like giving like an offhanded compliment, you know. So it's like it like kind of shows like I'm not that into you. And and that's kind of Big's character. I don't want to blow it, but that's kind of Big's character throughout the show is like, you're always wondering, like, is he that into Carrie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think it's, it is funny that it's like all the stuff in her head, which is like, I'm just going to wear the dress. It's not a big deal. I'm just going to. And then she gets there and it's kind of exactly if she was unfiltered, it's exactly what she thought, which is what Samantha says is like, wear it. And if you want to fuck him, then fuck him. Right. And that's exactly what, what happened. So I feel like, she was being maybe less honest with herself. And then once it was there, she's like, cool, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Consequences being now I'm in my head about it. About do you whether- think she got in her head that her head was too heavy because it was hurting his arm? <laughs> that <laughs> That's is- the most she's relatable like- part to you. She's like, damn, I got a heavy head. <laughs> a lot of hair. Like, Gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, great to have sex on the floor for the first time. But I mean, think about your comfort, man. After you're done, lie mm. in the bed. Yeah. That's a good point. But this, this is this is another unrealistic thing. Like those hardwood floors, they are way too dirty in New York to be laying on them. Like, oh, I like, mean, honestly, who's they have floors ninety are... years of just filth? Yeah, in those I'm like, this is pre-war. Like, this is a pre-war <laughs> apartment. No <laughs> one's be... having sex on the floor. You're not putting your white sheets on the floor. There's gonna be dust bunnies all over those things. It's not comfortable. There's probably a roach. You know, it's yeah. just like another way. Sex and city is a little unrelatable. Yeah, come on, come on, Darren. Come Christmas on, Darren. last year. Uh, my gift was a Dyson, and wow. I'll tell you what. First of you all, love I got him. Was this the gift that you received, or the one that you gave to all your friends? Both. <laughs> Every guest on Sex on our podcast now gets, gets a Dyson. A, gets a Dyson. It was refurbished, but, so it was five two hundred fifty dollars over five hundred dollars. So it's like half off, but it works perfectly. But all those corners, you know, like the radiators wow. that we have. You, I don't know if you guys have a radiator. Like how there's dust in between the radiator. All that stuff, every corner, there's no dust. So, so if you're so my floors are ready for it. Dyson, wow. if you're listening, we want a sponsorship. <laughs> we want face masks and we want vacuum. You know how much also, you know how I know how much Kevin loves his Dyson is that's the second time he's told me that exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's made my apartment way cleaner. Um Is that you dropping hints to any women listening? Uh, listen, it, it wasn't, but it is casual. now. It certainly is. If you want to come get rowdy on the floor, it's clean. You can even have sex in the radiator. <laughs> not <laughs> you know, not in the winter. Know. Those things are 5,000 degrees. Listen, he likes it. Pain. It's a weird thing. So um, I do think it's funny. Right before we were talking about how beautiful Carrie looks in the intro of the show. And then this this whole episode was about that dress that she wears on the side of the bus. And... Uh, and yeah, I just thought that was funny. Dude, should we talk about the iconic moment? Yeah, let's iconic talk about the iconic moment. moment. Yes. The the they're waiting at the bus stop. Carrie did her whole dress shoot 
And now first of all, it was great because Sinead was like, oh, this moment's iconic. And I we know. like all leaned up. We're like, oh, what's it going to be? Yeah, so- this is like the moment yeah. of the show. And everybody, every woman, if you say like the naked dress. They I, know? They know. Wow. So yeah. Funny. I mean, not all women in the world. I'm not yeah, going yeah, like, to categorize all, f- all women in the world, but all women that have like really seen the show. If you say the naked dress, they know what you mean. Is, there, gonna- an, is there an equivalent uh, item of clothing that men can be naked? <laughs> is, there, is there like a naked uh, trousers? The, the, <laughs> the naked trousers. <laughs> Oh, there's Corey wearing his naked trousers. Oh, he's he's hoping naked, to get laid. He's got the naked trousers on. Yeah, or whenever I just walk around in only my girdle, people <laughs> people say that. I mean, um, you guys just like being naked. That's, that's I will say when she's in the, the Chinese restaurant and then you you only saw the front of the dress, then you see the back, you're like, it's that is it that is some dress. Quite so, the dress. Yeah. Quite the dress. Okay, what about so, what about Samantha earrings? Did you notice any good Samantha you earrings? You know what? Here here's the thing I've noticed. And I had forgotten this fact is that as the show progresses, the earrings grow with the seasons. Ooh. Because mm. in this episode, they get better but or you bigger. Know, you know what's funny is in in this in this beginning season, I totally forgot because they actually I, I don't know if the show didn't have budget or what was going on, but really the only like person that was really like highlighted with their fashion is is Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, the fashion of the show is like not at a high level at this point, but as the show progresses, they all get increasingly more uh, fabulous in their own ways. Like Miranda's power suits are like extra power suit and like Samantha's clothes are extra bright and the ear, you know, the, the accessories Carrie's clothes kind of stay the same, but kind of get more extra. And Charlotte in this episode, she looks very plain, but she gets more and more waspy as the show progresses. It's kind oh, of like all of their that. characters kind of like amplify out and the style of the show. I think they finally hit mm. like a stride mm. with them. But but for now, it's kind of like interesting because you see them and and really the only person that's really, really, really like fabulous is Gary. Mm. And that dress is also called the naked dress because you can't wear any underwear underneath it. He oh. definitely doesn't have on a bra with no it. No bra, and it's so low cut in the back that you couldn't wear any sort of underwear. So, so. you are oh. naked You are in the naked dress. You look naked, and you are naked. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I gotta Ooh, get what me, a dress. I gotta get me a naked dress. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question about something that I noticed in the show. Um, so they used, um, when Carrie was out at the Chinese restaurant, she ran into Mike and Libby. And Mike was the with the guy who was at, at the restaurant with the girl that uh, he was embarrassed about, didn't introduce her to Carrie. And then the next day they met up at Bed Bath & Beyond and they did probably like a good five, six minutes of just Mike explaining uh, his relationship with Libby. And I thought that was really interesting that. That character, Mike, who's just, I have we met him yet in this series? No, I, don't I think, think he was so. just in this episode, got yeah. like maybe 20% of the episode all to himself to illustrate a point when they could have used Samantha or Miranda or uh, who's the other ones? Uh, Charlotte. 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 They used a random guy to illustrate that point. And I was wondering why they would use a random, a random character that we've never met before to illustrate this point that people are ha, may have these secret lives or, or they're doing something uh, and that are, they're embarrassed about. Like, why don't they use another character? Why do they specifically use a random strange guy that we've never met before? Well, I would throw this out that they may have already kind of not dealt, dealt with that. Like Skipper is kind of that for Miranda. That's like, I like this guy, but he's kind of a doofus looking. It definitely changes the dynamic that the second you see her, you're like, 
this girl's cute, but she's definitely been cast. Like they def- they dress her up pretty homely on the date at um Mr. Right. Fung's. Is that what it is? Fung Wah. Fung Wah. Which is actually a bus line. The bus, line. yeah. The, the bus line. That caught and on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Um, and uh, so immediately when he's nervous, there's all of a sudden there's something that's like, okay, why are you embarrassed? And this girl, she, she smiles in kind of a funky way. She's a little awkward. So, But then when you see her in the cheese shop, she's, she's way, way more charming. She's cute. And way prettier. And she's way prettier and she's kind of funny and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's and what so I know. plays that all, whole thing up. Yeah, and that's when he first met her that I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that's like in his mind too. Because when he's talking about his mind, I wonder if it's like she, in my memory, she was so sexy the first time with like the cheese stuff and all that stuff. But then he, so I, I, I don't know if that, in her mind, if that's actually how it happened or if that's how he's replaying it, like, oh, she's so much prettier in my head. I wish I was more attracted to her. I think they used a guy to kind of tell that part of the storyline because, you know, I think women can get really insular even within their own social groups of talking about like, well, is it this way? Is it this way? You know, we we kind of all are taking from our own experiences Mm -hmm. and our own fears and our own things. And what was so interesting and, and I think kind of poignant about using um, a guy and, and not, you know, I don't spoiler alert, but Mike Singer, not a, not a character that is a recurring character. Oh, that's in interesting. Show. Cause I was wondering. So, yeah. uh, sorry, no, but, cool. um, sorry to break your heart if you're a big Mike Singer oh. fan, but anyway, the, the thing I think is important about why they used him particularly, um, from a male voice is it confirms the things women fear mm. and it says, Something that you feel inherently and that you worry about is actually true in the real world. And I think it it kind of is it is this hard thing because it's an interesting juxtaposition because he is the guy that confirms the fear, but then kind of propels her into her psychosis about the relationship and then confronts Big at the very end. And he has a completely different view. So it is like kind of to me, it's like. All men don't behave this way. All men don't think this way. But I thought it was important that it was from a male perspective Mm. because it is sometimes true that women in their gut feel a certain way. And, you know, you can talk with your girlfriends about it till like the cows come home. Mm. But sometimes it takes the guy friend to be like, oh, yeah, he just wasn't like he just didn't like you. And you're like. Holy shit, he didn't like Are you me. Serious? Yeah, yeah, like you've been through this, you know? So I think I think that's why the show made that choice. I mean, I may be looking into it because No, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Just kind of like punctuates like the things that you think and you ruminate about with your girlfriends. Like guys are thinking them too. That's mm-hmm. really that's true though because he's basically a foil to Big, and you don't know. Like yeah. at the end when Big went through all that stuff, I was I expected him to just be like uh, yeah, I'm kind of right. wishy-washy. But then he actually had mm. a reason for those things. And then he was like, I'm, is this who you are? Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, that's a really good yeah, point. I just thought it was interesting that this like random character, Mike Singer, got six, seven minutes of screen time and they really dove back into his, that storyline where Charlotte and Shmuel were, it was like a 30 second, yeah. 45 second right. thing. Yeah. And it was essentially saying the same thing that we keep these people secret because right. we're either embarrassed of them or, you know, she said it was, what, daddy's little Episcopal with with the God's chosen perfect person. It just never would never work. So I, I do think it's interesting about the Mike Singer story is that it ends with him being like, man, this girl's perfect. I'm just like not quite like embarrassed in front of her or something. And then it ends with him being, I don't know. 
how he feels about it now. And maybe we'll never know. It's Mike Singer. <laughs> Guys. But at the end, she is she breaks up with them and she moves on. Yeah. So I, I would love to know. Uh, that's just interesting. It's like he's waiting around so self-involved. Like, I don't know if I'm attracted. And then she's like, yeah, I'm going to move on. You're clearly n- not what I want. Yeah. So he ends up getting broken up with in the end. Yeah. Poor Mike. Mike Singer. Is it because he wasn't attracted to her? Is that why? No, because she felt his his like trepidation about the relationship. She's like, I'm not having this. Yeah. Which I think is like amazing because he clearly thought he had the upper hand in that situation. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and I think this is another like little through line of like feminist cool like moments in the show of of the woman just being like and she was a very mild character Mm -hmm. you know i don't even think she had a more than three lines but her her kind of like saying no i'm not gonna like deal with this shit and i think that's like kind of an amazing thing about this show is you see the neuroses of women Mm -hmm. but you also see these kind of choices that they make um, whether that be to choose to have sex in the first Mm -hmm. date because you feel like you you can and you should but then also you know swinging back to the worry of that, but then also like breaking up with a guy who doesn't treat you right, you know, and it kind of all being focused on Mike, but in the end, Libby kind of from the, from the sidelines, she wins. She's like, listen, I got, I got free cheese samples for other cute guys. She's like, you think you're the only one eating the goat cheese? I don't think so. Bubs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we didn't really talk. Did we talk about the actual big moment? We led up to it. I but thought you were going to say, did we actually talk about the different cheeses that we were going to talk about? There was a Camber. We're going to do a spinoff cheese podcast, which I will be hosting. Mm. Um, Sex and the Charcuterie. <laughs> before, we do, before we do that moment, I, Sinead, you worked in publicity in yes. a previous life, correct? Yes, I did. I used to be a marketing director, PR director for a furniture company. And this is like an interesting tie into the Sex and the City podcast and I just I did reveal this to the boys before I got here but or right as I was getting here to uh tape but basically the the my boss at the time who was a furniture designer at the time that Sex in the City was kind of coming out he was you know living in New York and there's a character that comes later in the show um for those of you who are, who are familiar Aiden and he's a furniture designer and there was all these rumors when I first started at the company that my boss was the loose inspiration for Aiden, which was kind of crazy. But the the kind of the thing that made me believe it more was that our furniture appeared in the show a lot. And then it actually our furniture and my boss appeared in an episode, the episode that Carrie and Aiden actually meet at a furniture fair. Whoa. Yeah. And I actually brokered a deal to outfit uh, in the Sex and City movie. They go furniture shopping. And I actually kind of facilitated a bunch of the furniture and things. And I totally tried to get into the filming under the guise of protecting the furniture, apparently furniture is fine without a, <laughs> a without a guard. They don't need a handler. Um, they do not need a celebrity handler <laughs> so for the funny. furniture, so they didn't let me on set. But I can say that my the desk that actually I slated for the show was touched by Carrie. So Ooh, wow, guys, claims to fame. That's amazing. Yeah. So in in the show, Samantha says she when when Carrie is hanging up the the poster of herself, she says that there's no such thing as bad publicity. Is that actually true in in that world, or is that just a saying that we're all fed, like a lie that we're all fed? I mean, I don't know. I I, I think. I think things are different now because things live on the internet forever now. Mm. I think back then, you know, this wasn't like pre-internet, but it was like pre 
the internet being a the, crazy The internet place. was certainly boring back yeah, then. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the internet was a very mild version of internet. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, Carrie would have been, like, memefied in, like, mm. two minutes. You know, mm. it's like, it, it's also funny how technology in, intersects with the show because, you know, it's all about calling. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. leaving messages on an answering machine rather than, like, texting or online dating. Like, I kind of wish there was, like, an updated Sex in the City that, you know, brought in the kind of craziness of like Tinder mm-hmm. or like texting. But you know, what's funny is the through line of the show is they're still worried about the communication. Even when you were just waiting on a voicemail, you're just as worried about a text message. It's just the anxiety is amplified because you know, they're touching their phone every 30 seconds. And like, why aren't they texting you back? Cause they posted on Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think the publicity angle would have been different if we were in modern times mm-hmm. with more like internet society, I think back then probably that was true, you know, because it probably meant like magazines, newspapers and television, you know, it wasn't like your face was on Reddit. Right. So, so the reason I asked that question is because getting to the big moment, what was that? You want to talk about Corey, you want to yeah. talk about what the big moment I mean, was. And I want to know, was that bad publicity? The iconic done? moment. The, the iconic, iconic moment. So we're all there at the bus stop. They all have champagne glasses and party hats, like a New Year's Eve toast kind of thing. Yeah. Big doesn't show up. Uh, Mike Singer does show up, and that's when we find out that his relationship has ended. And then they're waiting for a bus to come by. The first bus that comes by has a Bed Bath & Beyond ad. It's Which is hers. funny, tie into Bed Bath & Beyond Yeah, again. It's yeah. part of how HBO makes their I, money. I, I, I would be willing to say that my mom still has coupons oh, I, yeah. from Bed Bath & Beyond that were attached to that advertisement on that bus. <laughs> Probably I so. would bet. They don't expire. I would bet they don't expire. Kevin's Dyson that that actually. <laughs> <laughs> refurbished. Refurbished Dyson. Uh, so yeah, that goes. And then another bus comes and finally hers shows up. Yes. And... Uh, there's a dick drawn right by her face yeah. on the bus and they all they all tell her it's okay and she freaks out and hides her face she can't believe it which i'll say outside of this show to me that remains one of the funniest things in new york all the time yeah. oh. you can it, oh. poster defacing is an art that just keeps going and it's the best i'll say this that big ups to the guy who did draw the dick cuz listen a lot of those minor league dick drawers you go for the subway on a bus. It's a little harder a and a little riskier to draw Absolutely. a dick on, on, on that poster. So that person went to great lengths uh, to make that happen. And I, I would challenge all of us to see if we can find a dick drawn on a bus. Cause I don't think it happens that often. That's true. It, it certainly does a, on a speedy artist, a yeah. speedy artist. Yes. And, and I'll say we got to, go around and check out the M2. Maybe the M2 is known for that because it's pretty slow. Yeah. There's like a guy. The, you know, can I, I this is going to sound like a humble brag, but it, it really relates to this episode because um, in last year I had a photo that was for an ad campaign for a brand that I work with that was plastered all over billboards. And so it was a lot of billboards in the world. Can we say then, what it is? Yeah. Like, is, I, is this the one that was at Broadway Lafayette? Yes. So, so you were on an Adidas, Chipotle. You were on. Yeah. A, you were a Chipotle. Was I was no. wrapped in a burrito <laughs> in um, on a Chipotle ad. Big deal. Um, no, I was on an Adidas ad. I, I I'm a brand ambassador for Adidas. And what was so crazy is it wasn't just um, big billboards and things like that. It was on bus stops and it was wow. on buses and the sides of buildings and things like that that were lower to the ground. And I actually 
the moment that I, because my Instagram followers started sending me pictures from around the world, like in Dubai and Mexico City and all this stuff. And in Mexico City, I was on a bus stop, my face. And I was, the, the thing is, as soon as I saw that photo, I thought of this episode. So oh, man. And I like went back and I was like, holy shit. Someone is going to draw a dick on my face. I feel so honored. Um, <laughs> in all the ones that people sent me screenshots of, I did not see anything drawn on my face. But I really feel like if it was in a more accessible location to draw on in New York City, they certainly would have done it because we have no respect. I, yeah. I do feel like when those posters go up, it's like a first snow in New York. They're like, all right, see it while you can, because yep. next week yeah. they're going to be brown snow and dicks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's, that's awesome. Was it surreal seeing, seeing that around or did people notice you? Yeah, no, I, I, all the time people will like send me photos. They're like, is this you? And I'm like, yep, that is me on a bus stop. It's totally weird. But I think, um, you know, I kind of wish someone would have gotten a little more creative with the, uh, (laughs) the work. So I'm going to keep my eyes peeled, peeled for that. Did people ever notice you in person around New York of being like, you know what you know what was really embarrassing the first time i was ever taking a photo of my billboard someone saw me taking a photo of my (laughs) own billboard and they were like is that you i'm like yeah and i was like alone and i was like it's fine i gotta go that feels like a sex in the city moment it feels like one and it was one and then you're just like wow i feel like such a tool leave it to a new york stranger to like ruin that moment yeah anywhere else it would be really exciting someone would be like oh my gosh oh my goodness that's so cool cool." no new york is Is that you what a loser interesting (laughs) remember a few weeks ago when lebron james was on the subway and he was like doing a selfie and the guy next to him on the subway. And he's like, it's my first time on the subway. Oh and God. a guy next to him, like he, he goes and he goes, I'm here with my teammates and this guy. And he turned it and filmed that guy. And the guy was like, don't film me. Like put his, <laughs> hand up, put his hand in the camera. It's great. This is kind of why I love New York. Yeah. yeah. Wait. So, but that goes back to your question. Was that bad publicity? Which I will say one thing. I, was that the only bus she was on? Because as soon as it happened, Samantha was like, nobody looks at a bus ad. It's fine. Which is kind of like an undercut. Well, yeah, it's the thing they're so excited for. Don't don't worry about it. No one even looks at bus ads. But I love that in earlier in the episode, um, Carrie and, and Samantha are talking about the bus ad and she kind of is like, she, she puts all of, she, she's like, Samantha's really good at like putting all my worries at ease. She always knows what to say. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is, She's talking up the bus ad so much. And then yeah. later in the episode, she's like, no one looks at a bus. And I'm yeah. like, Samantha does always know what to say. She's, she's your so friend funny. that's just like, fuck them. That's awesome. It's true. She is like good PR. She is. Can, she's she great. Can, she's she such a shark. So I'd love to ship, shift uh, focus here and talk a little bit about Miran- the Miranda storyline. Miranda and Ted, we haven't really delved into uh, Miranda finding the spanking videos in Ted's uh, yeah. underwear drawer. Uh, First of all... She, he should have known this would happen, but naughty Miranda. Bad, bad, bad. Bad, bad, move from Miranda bad for there, right? snooping. He but, should have spanked her. He should she should not have snooped. But I was honestly, very mad. but honestly though, that was so another unrealistic thing. Like I've dated a lot of people in New York and I've never been left alone in their apartment yeah, on a first date. Totally. Also, where does he live? Because his apartment's huge. Was huge. Also Over- overlooking the Natural History Museum. That's guys. true. Yeah. And, and how does she lock the door? Also, if you're overlooking the Natural History Museum, does that mean you live in the park? <laughs> if you think about the geography <laughs> of that, oh, he yeah. lives in that yeah. castle in the middle of Central Park, Belvedere <laughs> Castle. He, no. he lives it, on Tavern on the Green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess he could live like on the street across from it, like 81st or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever I mean, it was, I mean, it was a ridiculous, I mean, 
first of all, why would you ever let a stranger sleep in your apartment? I mean, you should let them sleep in your apartment, but like, like stay there while you're gone. Yeah, when you leave on a flight. And then I was confused because he was like, do you want to hang out tonight? I'm like, is she hanging at your apartment all day? Like, what's the deal? And then she takes, she looks, she, just to catch you guys up, if you haven't seen it, she rifles through his drawers because... And his Rolodex. She's a snoop. And yeah, she's she's a little bit of a snoop. But I mean, I I I only look at people's medicine cabinets when I go to their houses. But, <laughs> but she goes the deep dive, and she does find a couple VHS tapes that are a spanking videos. But then my question is, she takes it and takes it to Carrie's apartment yeah, to watch right, it. And it. I'm like, wait, how are you going to get it back in there? Are you going to give it to him later? He's going to notice the spanking video. What if it goes well? Yeah. I just had so many and questions. Wouldn't, wouldn't, Did he give it, you keys? Wouldn't yeah. it have been easier to just film that scene with Carrie there being like, you need to come here now. And yeah. then they watch it. I did. Th- yeah. Also, maybe he he was so embarrassed by it when she calls him on it. She's like, you need a spanking when they're after their second good date. Mm-hmm. He's so it's like total shutdown. It's actually a great comedic moment. It's pretty hilarious when she goes for it in her head of just being like, I'm just going to go for it. And yeah, then and he's then it, like, mm. that was like his thing that he didn't want to open up about. Or he wasn't ready. Did he just have it there to be like, this is how I'll catch snoops. Mm, Maybe it's that, that it's like, I'm going to leave you there. And then you're in the snoop trap and she got bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I I liked, I liked that little side, side thing. It was a good, it was a good little, there were a couple really good little side stories on this episode. Shmuel Shmuel was a quick one. So the guy that played Shmuel, Shmuel, the guy that played Shmuel is now like kind of the peak of his career right now. He's done a bunch of really, really good stuff. And then he was the villain at the end of True Detective season one. Did his career start with Shmuel? I don't I don't know. We'd have to look at his his IMDb. I'll look it up. But he's he's done like three or four awesome roles in the past few years. And uh he must just know the people at HBO pretty well. They must he must be a go to guy. And probably because that first role as Shmuel, they were just like he's he so had he had we and they were like, yes. Is it, that's what it. they're really called, right? That's the technical name. I live in Bed-Stuy. <laughs> it's the technical this. name. And also, it's like, it's is not. that an insult, too? No. It's not? No. It is. No, it's not. I don't know if it's an insult. It's not an insult to me. They just look like they would make a noise. <laughs> <laughs> is this the real name for them? No, they're no. Pays or may, Pays? Okay. I think. We should okay. probably look that up before we put this in the podcast. When Kevin said, when when or no, when when she said that she was dating this, like, folk artist from Williamsburg who was Jewish. I looked at Kevin. I was like, Modest Yahoo. She's yeah. dating the, that would have been an interesting Modest side. Yahoo? Signed, uh, I have a friend, story. I have a friend who, I have a friend who, uh, toured with a musician and they would play these giant festivals and he got really into Modest Yahoo for a little while. And then they played this festival and Modest Yahoo was there. And my friend had just been to Israel and he was like super into all this, just Jewish history. And he went up to Modest Yahoo at the festival and he was like, Hey man, I just want to say it's amazing to meet you here. I've been looking at a lot of stuff for Israel, a lot of Jewish history. And I just got to say, man, you're a huge inspiration. And he said, Modest Yahoo just turned to him and goes, that's cool, man. I'm from Brooklyn. And then he just left. <laughs> and then he went on stage. I, oh. I, 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 what happened to him? He, I think he released an album like a year or two ago. Cool. Still out there. He's, out. I think he, we should, I mean, he might be friends with Shmuel. I don't know. Maybe this is like, <laughs> might be friends maybe with this the could be outro ladies. music. I don't know. I, I'm throwing it around. Um, wow. No, so he, wait, this is his first, his very first role ever was a price above rubies. And then right after that, Shmuel. his second role ever in 1998 was sex in the city. How Shmuel. do you smell? How do you spell Shmuel? Um, is it S-C-H-M-U-L-E? It is. What'd they do with that? S. C S H M U E L. Oh, Shmuel. Shmuel. There was a guy that used to come to our um, 
our open mic Corey that was named Shmuel. Shmuel, that's um, true. And his his job was he was a he his full time job was singing at um, what's their church o- service? Old called? folks home. I thought I thought no, he, like it was temple at temple, but there was a name for it. He's a. a this has now turned into the podcast of people that don't know anything about no, Judaism. Judaism. <laughs> we know nothing about Judaism. He's been bored to death. He's been in every sex in, or every HBO show now. He's their go-to guy. Boardwalk Empire, True Detective. Well, um, listen, we should get him on the show. We, the Schmuel cast. His name is Glenn Fleshler. I Glenn. feel like he might be available. I mean, if we can get him on, that'd be awesome. You know what I thought was interesting is other than Carrie's kind of story, all the other women have like kind of these side stories and they focus so much more on Mike and his storyline. And I think it was because like this is not as common for women. I don't think it's as common for women to kind of like secret stash their relationships. Mm. And I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that that's the case? Do you feel like you've had women that you've dated that you felt like they, I feel like women are always a little bit more open to like you meeting the friends and being involved and kind of being out in front. Cause we kind of, you know, I don't know. I feel like that you, you often don't see like a really like smoking hot dude with like an average looking girl. It's usually the opposite. And I wonder, I'm like, does this, is this just more prevalent for kind of like guys to not be, not even to hide women, but just not to be as open with their relationships sooner i know for me it's definitely a step uh, it's a step when it's like all right meeting the friends bring you around bring you around the friends i know certain guys that aren't like that at all and are just like first date just like yeah we're doing this and that to me that like makes me a little nervous what date what date number would you have to go on to make a girl meet your friends and this is a complete stranger like complete stranger you met her on bumble oh man Five date five, you would be like, "Hey, after drinks, let's meet up with some friends." Yeah, I was... Charlotte said on date five is when you can have sex, and instead of sex on date five, I'm like, "We should hang out with my friends." Yeah, we should go because that's as fun as sex for yeah. me. <laughs> um, but I would say date five. I yeah, I think that's probably right. Date I was five? gonna I was gonna say three, but. Now that I think of, I think date three, I, you can meet like a few friends, but like a big party thing. Like going to a birthday party. Going to like a birthday party, definitely like date five or mm-hmm. six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that you have to know that like that person's going to be okay there. That's like, that. I would have to know whether it's like, cool, if I go there, I can't, they need to be able to like hang, hang. Yeah. Cause that's a big, I mean, that's yeah. a big, as an, extroverted person Mm -hmm. like i've i've done that before and then sort of been like i don't know you know what vibed well with the person when they're just like you just like left me there i'm like i had to go to the bathroom you know what the worst thing is is whenever someone is like really cool with you and like they're like extrovert and they're like normal and then they get around other people and they're totally weird and you're like who are you Mm -hmm. so i think it's kind of like it's one of those things like i actually strangely don't i i like wait till like 10 maybe yeah, I'm yeah. like way down there which is kind of opposite of what I said before of how I think women are but I'm just like not I'm kind of like atypical in that way I think because I value my friends so much I'm like I don't want you to have to deal with like a loser um well you you were talking earlier about dating in what it was in Texas versus here right and I feel like part of dating and being single and not having kids like until you're much older your friends become more of your family. In Texas, mm-hmm. when you're 34, it'd be coming over to your 
family's house. Right. And here it's like coming Your over friends to are the family. Yeah. 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 So true. so it is I guess it makes sense that it's a big deal here because it's like, oh, these this is the people that I these are the people I trust the most. These are the people I spend the most time with. And their opinion of of me and of you is going to be a pretty big deciding factor. And I will say it is it is always weird when you're on a first date or a second date and you're with someone and you run into someone they know. It's oh, yeah. always weird. Mm. Like that's never like a cool, no. fun transition. Like it's just weird. So I kind of was like, this feels like a little bit of a stretch in the show when they were like, they, mm. you know, they ran into some of Big's friends and it was yeah. weird. And I was like, I've had that, happen. I've run into like people I'm very good friends with that I'm totally comfortable with. And it's still sometimes like yeah, awkward. It's like you forget how to talk to your right. own well, friends. Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, if he would have introduced her, what he would he have said? And I think he probably has been like, and this is Carrie, but he right. wouldn't have said like my girlfriend no. or this is someone. I am dating like he would have just probably been this is Carrie and that's it I mean I have had a guy introduce me and we had been dating for a bit we weren't exclusive but he had introduced me to one of his friends as his friend and I'm like what <laughs> excuse me this is my friend well Should now I? we are <laughs> <laughs> now we're friends it's new status <laughs> so yeah. if 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 men typically are are more a little bit more secretive about maybe their relationships or, or guarded about that what are the things that women and you, do you think are guarded about? What are the things that they're going to be hiding from from men, at least in the beginning? I mean, I think in the beginning of the show, they're the, spanking they, videos. Yeah, it's mostly our spanking videos. Miranda I know brought I that over. Yeah, put that in there. I had. I it was hide her way of telling mine. Carrie that she's in the spanking videos. Wow, this could be a really twisty episode. Um, no, I think I think women more hide the emotional things of like of what they really want. Mm. So I think. Sometimes women don't say what they really want because they're afraid to be judged for it. Or, you know, if they express their emotions, like, you know, it took Carrie being completely wasted to, like, say what she really thought. And Mm. at the end, it was like this moment of, like, is he going to freak out? And so I think with women, a lot of the things that we maybe hold back are less of the kind of, like, outer-facing things, but more of the internal-facing things. And so, like, at the beginning of the show— I loved they were all kind of sitting around talking about sex and their views on like at what date or what time, you know, they would have sex. And Carrie kind of was she was flip flopping back and forth Mm -hmm. the entire time because she couldn't kind of even decide for herself, even though secretly she knew she was going to have sex with him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I think it's like it's sometimes hard for people in general, but women in, in particular to kind of like say what they really want to say for fear that because the world, you know, is harder on women, I think, uh, about things that are stigmatized like sex or relationships or, you know, a lot of women would never say like I I talk to my girlfriends about this all the time of like, you know, you don't want to ask, like, what are we? Because Mm. it's like you don't want to be seen as clingy or you don't want to be seen as like a crazy girl or committing too fast. And really, 99% 99% of the time, women are just like, no, I'm just, I'm like literally just trying to get clarification so I can live my fucking life. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not about like, oh my God, I'm literally crying at night because we're planning our wedding already. It's it's not really that, but somehow, you know, the world has convinced, you know, whoever that that might be what's going on. So I think in that show, it kind of, you really do see the back end of women talking to each other. I don't know if that teaches men things. I think now too, it's it's easier now to have a secret relationship than ever before because now you can meet someone online, go on a date, and don't have to meet through right. other people. 
So it'd be, I think now more than ever, it's, it's kind of important. You could meet a stranger. You have no idea their expectations. If they just want sex, if they want to date for three months before they go to Shanghai for their new business, you know, like, so I think that, I think that's that's very specific. Has that happened to you? Um, you, So is there anything you want to talk about? I got to tell you how I got that Dyson. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, um, but I think now it's kind of people are learning more than ever that expectations are all over the map and it's just smarter before you get too, too emotionally involved to be like, what is this? So I can put it in the correct box so that I just don't feel horrible or you in three months, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of girls that have just been like, on date two, just be like, I just got out of a relationship. And because I feel like a lot of people, that's where the first place they go. It's like, okay, I need to meet someone, Bumble or Tinder or something like that. But it's been nice to be like, you're the first person I've dated because I'm just getting back. And it's like, all right, maybe we'll hit it off. Also, I understand if two months from now, it's like I was a rebound. Mm, It's better to know that right off the bat than like, you know, a few times, a few times got burned that way, you know? In Shanghai. <laughs> I got Shanghai. You got Shanghai. So what what is everyone's uh Cosmo rating? We go around the circle, we do one to five cosmos and how much we like that episode. One being not you didn't like it at all, and five was the greatest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Now as your first guess, I have a question about this. Is this is is this relating to the previous episodes or does this episode stand alone? It's a good question. It's a good question. I haven't been writing my down, unfortunately. I wish I, I have been. I certainly uh, know that good thing we're we, recording this. Exactly. Yeah. We could just go back and listen. Um and you should too, listener. Now I think that <laughs> I think that uh it's I think it's a standalone. I mean, here's the thing. We've done it as a standalone as we've talked about it, but we have been like, I got to say, the past couple episodes, Carrie did this, this, and this. I don't really like this episode. So it's kind of just in, it's relative to the it's entire whatever show. whatever you want the Cosmos there you rating go. That's to it. Be. Just it's whatever you want. And you've seen the whole show, so you kind of know how this would stack up against things or yeah, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to like delete as much of that as possible and just judge the episode. You don't have to go first either. We could go Great. and you could weigh in if you want to do that. Yeah. Kevin, okay. why don't you go first? I'm going to give this episode four Cosmos. Four Cosmos. Um, I'm going to give it four because uh, I like how it developed Carrie and Big's relationship and they finally went on their date and they finally did more than just flirt. Mm. And I liked the ending when she, I don't know, she finally like got emotional and was like, here's where I'm at. I thought that was a great scene. I, I like the side thing uh, with... Mm, Joe the plumber. What was his name? Mike Singer. Mike Singer. <laughs> Joe the plumber. <laughs> but um, I like. I really liked that scene, and I actually loved that actress that um that played his girlfriend. I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't learn enough about Charlotte or uh, Samantha in this, and that bummed me out. I wish I could have spent a little more time with them. So I'll give it four Cosmos. I thought it was awesome. Four Cosmos. Mm. If Star Wars is defined by Jedi battling Sith with lightsabers sex in the city for me is about the four ladies sitting around a table chatting things up and there was not a lot of that in this episode 2.5 cosmos wow Wow. before i do my rating one thing that i did write down is they did do when she came out with a naked dress they did do a table scene which they did in the first episode in the first episode they were sitting around with takeout this episode they're sitting around that little coffee table. They got champagne and Levin cookies. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think they were, or they were some sort of. Some they sort were. Of like they York were a New, a New York cookie. Like yeah. that was a New York cookie, if I ever saw one. 
There was one, but you're right. After that, it did sort of divert into a lot of different storylines, and we have the whole Mike Singer story. I think for me, uh, this episode, it the content, maybe it's just our great discussion here, but the story content and like some of the social commentary content was pretty strong with this whole like relation mm-hmm. relational stuff. Um, it was almost like so, it wasn't super heavy, but it did take a little bit of the fun out of mm-hmm. it. And maybe that's because it was devoid of some Samantha, which is always fun. Um, and one of my faves, um, I'm glad that we got to see a little bit more of Miranda and I like to see the like liberated Miranda moment and then she just crash and burns. But I think I'm going to go three and a half cosmos on this three one. I thought it was really good. I thought it was like pretty deep in that, but I, I wasn't like flying high and having fun. Mm, so wow. I'll say three and a half cosmos. Here's the thing. I'm going 4.5 Cosmos. And here here is why. Here is why. Um, This episode has some major moments. First date, Carrie Big. This is a through line till the freaking end. You know, this is like the introduction of a character. Like Mike Singer, who cares? Like Big being there and them having their kind of first moment. Huge deal. Second, the fact that... Like how many ever million years it's been since the, this episode aired, I can still remember the naked dress. And every time I put on a nude colored dress, mm-hmm. I think of this episode. Or when you're on a billboard, you think. Or of this when episode. I'm a bill on a. Also, when I'm on a billboard, humble brag. Um, no, but I, it, it has so many moments that are so punctuated. The the bus driving by, the fact that I haven't seen this episode in probably a decade, and I can still know that whenever they show up in party hats at a bus stop, I know exactly what's coming. Yeah. And it's just it's just these moments of sex in the city that you really, like, that really define the show. The, the reason I'm taking away 0.5 points, 0.5 points only, point, point five Cosmos. they hadn't quite figured out the styling in the episodes yet, which I know you guys, <laughs> you, you guys uh, oh, yeah. don't care about probably, but, you know, like, the looks, like, weren't as tidied as I like. But also... The transitions of the shots yeah. are yes. kind of were very similar. The camera work was very similar to a PowerPoint. Yeah, there was <laughs> one with a race car, I think. Yeah, they were re- yeah, they were a- really trying some new things out with the transitions that they were getting like a little artistic with it, but it wasn't as consistent. So they do eventually figure that out. Um, There's the little stick guy in the corner the entire time. Yeah, like the little paper clip. Yeah, it's like hey. Turn like the page. Clippy, the assistant. Um, Clippy, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was, like, a very iconic episode, mm. if I can speak from seeing the whole show. Um, and it kind of had these defining moments. But also, you know, they, they, they're they finding their footing. But it's kind of really cool to see those early episodes yeah. when you know so much of where the characters are going. But that even in those first episodes, they're 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 – they're these like really raw, authentic little characters mm-hmm. and they're so different. And I think the thing I like the most about this show, but also in this episode is that all the girls are so different yeah. and you're like, how did you become friends? Mm-hmm. Like that is the question I eternally ask is like, how did you become friends? Because they're all so different in the show, especially in these earlier episodes, like they just paint them in such different lights and they have such different opinions. And I think it's so if I can get a little like emotional about like women, because I mm-hmm. love women and women friendship so much, is like I love that they are so diversely different. Their tastes are different, everything about them, but they find these common threads that all women have. And I think it's a really kind of unifying, special thing that you don't see in television that much. You know, often you see women that do the same things or work together or have the same interests. And, you know, it's just 
you see Charlotte at a gallery, you see Miranda kickboxing, you see, you know, Carrie at home writing, you see Samantha just being her badass self. But like they all exist in this world of womanhood. And I think it's like so magical. And so this episode started to like kind of develop that. And you even see in the first scene, they're all dressed differently. One's wearing sweats. One Samantha's wearing like a jumpsuit, Carrie's in her naked dress and Charlotte's wearing a cardigan. And you're like, how are these people friends? And then you're like, I know exactly why they're friends because like the insatiable thing that women have with each other is like this deep need for like friendship, connection and communication about the things that matter. So I, I think that episode was a really great, like little push into that direction. So that was amazing. That was, that was, that was really, that was incredible. I feel like I'm like, man, I, I missed a lot. That was, no, that was such should... a great wrap up. That was fantastic. really great. Having a female guys, perspective. Guys, <laughs> it's it, amazing. Well, I just like it's, it is the ultimate girl power show. It's yeah. like the Spice Girls of TV. That's true. Without you here, we would have specifically like only talked about Mike Singer and his cheese taste. So I'm pretty <laughs> convinced. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I want? I really, really want to watch another episode. Oh, um, my gosh. a Spice gosh. Girls reference. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Not good enough Ziga. for you guys to get it. Ziga, Ziga, <laughs> um, um, well, thanks so much for being here, yeah, Shanae. This was awesome. so Shanae, this was awesome. So great. And also, uh, tell us where we could find you more besides billboards. Um, besides my many billboards globally, <laughs> I promise I'm not terrible. Um, <laughs> you can find me first and foremost on Instagram at, at Shanae Alexander. And then you can also find me on Twitter, probably talking about politics. You can find me on YouTube talking about makeup and relationships and doing all sorts of things. And uh, soon enough, I'm going to have my own podcast. So you Whoa. can find me CrossPod. Guys, what do you think? That I love it. Be amazing, guys. We're gonna we're gonna do cross pollination, and I'm excited. <laughs> I and really that's Shanae Alexander, C H I N A E. Alexander, the normal way. That's always been spelled that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, this is awesome. This I'm is so fantastic. so excited for the next one, and uh, I don't know. I'll see, we'll see you guys next time. We'll see we'll we'll see you next time. Thanks for being our first guest. Yes, I can't wait guys, for you to I'm come honored. back for Thank another you. episode. I would love to. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at Bradshawboys.com on social media at the Bradshaw Boys. And if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.